Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hayes. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And we have got a pack show pack today. Show. A lot of stuff to a talk about. Stuff. A lot of stuff to talk just about. about. Every sport that's going right now. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's just about. Uh, we got some uh, interviews coming up here. We're going to talk with uh, uh, Oliver Drake. Going to hear from him. Uh, where are they now? Coming up, and also uh, a young gentleman from uh, Thorpe is going to be uh, heading to college to play football. But first. We're going to talk about high school wrestling because, uh, you know, we talked about it during the game uh, the other night, but Nielsville Greenwood Loyal surprised a lot of people yeah, last they Saturday. Yeah, they did, Larry. Um, you know, Neil, uh, we thought they'd be in the top three. Um, actually, the top four was very close. Stanley Boyd having a very good day, too. But uh, the Warriors coming out on top, 205 points to 201 for Regis Altoona. Kadat, 199.5, and Stanley Boyd with 193. And... Uh, um, the Warriors had 11 boys wrestle Saturday, Larry. Uh, normally they have 12. They had one gentleman not make weight. And, uh, um, but all they got points from all 11 of these guys. Mm-hmm. And 10 of them were fourth place or better. So um, very, truly a team effort. Um, four individual champions, two runners-up, two-thirds, two-fourths, and a fifth. So really a, a really nice day for the NGL Warriors. Now we run down the list of uh, conference champs. Uh, anybody there that you see that uh, surprised anybody? Well, I'm going to start right off at 106 with okay. Izzy Sonnentag. And, and not that, and I'm not saying it's because she's a girl or whatever, but, uh, you know, uh, in the duel um, last week, um, uh, Mr. Littner defeated her yeah. in, in the duel, and she came back and defeated him. So Yeah, Chase so, Littner. Chase, that, yeah. Uh, and that was that. And then, of course, at 132, um, Adam Kultzer from NGL. And Adam, just a freshman. And he's had a good year. And But I kind of looked for him for maybe a third in this tournament. But he got in the finals and he de- defeated Matt Jekyll from Colby, who was 30 and 10 coming into the tournament. And Matt was a, sec- a sectional qualifier last year. So that was, to me, that was a big turn right there for the Warriors in, in uh, winning that championship was Adam Coulter at 132. So Yeah, you look down the rest of the names, uh, I think pretty much the way everybody thought they were going to yeah, go. Yeah, you know, if you look down, okay, you know, 138, it was either going to be Chase Costco wanted over Brecken Brzezinski of Stanley Boyd. You figured it was going to be one or the other. Uh, Jackson uh, Wesner of uh, Regis Altoona, he would have, you know, top two there. Hudson Sebesta Opeld at 150, definitely the favorite. Um, Tanner Halupka from Abby Colby at 157. You know, he's a two-time state qualifier, a state runner-up. You know, he was there. Um, Jake Luchterhan at 165, who has just had a terrific season as a sophomore for NGL. And then his brother, uh, Dane, at 175. And, of course, Dane is senior, and this is his first conference championship. So, And he defeated a 34-8 and wrestler from Kadat, 3-1 to in the finals. So, but then... Um, at 190, Braden Elby from uh, Regis Altoona, Braden, a state qualifier last year. Uh, 215, Axel Teagles from Kadat, another Teagles, the last one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Willie Graham at 285 from Stanley Boyd, and he and uh, Jackson Meyer have gone back and forth this year and had a tight match, but uh, Willie coming out win, and who knows, at regionals this next week, it could be the opposite. So Okay. So. Yeah, and Wyatt Carl of Spencer Columbus That's Grant and yep. finished second, second at 215. Second year in a row, Wyatt has finished second. He finished uh, second at 190 last year, and so he's doing very really well. And Wyatt only a junior. So, okay. And look for him to do well at regionals, too, at 215. So. All right, so that was the conference uh, tournament last week uh, in Nielsville, and now uh, the wrestlers head on to uh, Medford for the regional this Saturday. Yeah, um, okay, we're now into super regionals, you know, the second year super regionals, and 
Uh, it used to be the regional. There were four regionals. Now there's two, so they're called super regionals. And, and you have basically uh, 13, 14 teams now. Uh, the top four at each weight go on to the sectionals. And uh, at this region, particular regional, Larry, I think uh, you look at Medford, I think the host team is also the prohibitive team favorite. They have a very strong team. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a year they've been building for. Um, I look for Tomahawk, Rhinelander, and NGL to be the, the main ones battling for second. So, okay. So, All right. And with the top four going, yeah, boy, I hope, you know, six, seven, maybe eight kids from NGL, maybe, maybe make the sectionals, maybe. So, because yeah, you look at the conference and they yeah. had a, a number of them in that top three or four. Right. And, and a lot of those, you know, you take uh, Kadad out of the picture here, and, and most right. of these teams, and Regis Altoona, Regis Altoona is in Division One now. Sure. Most of the conference schools go to this regional. So, okay. And then you throw in Medford, Tomahawk, Rhinelander. But uh, the major schools, I think, in battling for the team sectional championship, both St. Croix Central, St. Croix uh, Falls, Amory, Ellsworth, are all at the other regional. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ellsworth. So, so they so would meet them in a section. That will be the uh, top two teams go and then you have a four-team tournament and that'll be Tuesday night and I'm not sure where that's at right now but okay uh, so but all right I but, would think you know Medford will be battling one right now I the way it looks to me I think St. Croix Central is probably the best team over there so but what so, about uh Medford and St. Croix Central if that was a battle, battle in the section should be a, it, they match up in a lot of good weights uh they both have some good top wrestlers um let's see uh Central has Owen Wasley, and he's the top 165 pounder in the state. So, okay, at in Division Two, um, Medford just has a lot of balance. They have uh, Gage Lashovitz at 165, and he is a junior, and he is a two-time state qualifier already. So, okay, so the uh, team sectional, by the way, is going to be at Somerset. Okay, and then the uh, individual sectional is at Tomahawk. Okay, that is different because yeah. usually you're going over, you know. Uh, well, Nielsville's had it a couple times, but Amory, Osceola, right. Tomahawk sure. is a new venue. Yeah, so, yep, that's where the sectional so, will be. And it, it, probably the teams over in that area are probably a little happy, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so um, let's talk about Marshall a little yeah. too, Larry. Well, um, Marshall Tigers were second behind Wisconsin Rapids in the Valley Conference, conference Tournament last weekend. Uh, John Sternweiss, uh, his second consecutive title, Caleb Dene, his second title, still undefeated on the season, and Owen Griesbach won his first individual title. So the Tigers this weekend, they're at the D.C. Everest Regional, where they will be the favorite. Um, first place team, only the first place team goes on there because eight Division I teams go to, to state. So okay. they will face off Tuesday with a, with a winner from the regional to the east, probably I'm thinking maybe Hudson, okay. Menominee. One of those teams will face. You think Regis Altoona has a chance? Regis has got enough individuals, but I don't know if they have. Boy, I don't know if they have enough balance. They, okay. You know they have. They do have a full roster, and they have some good individuals. But uh, um, I'll tell you what, uh, the lower weights of Menominee are tough to beat. They've got the Casey brothers and Ari, and they're tough. And then you know um, uh, who else? Hudson brings a tough team also they've got some good lower weights and a couple of good upper weights also so but marshfield will be hosting the uh, individual sectional mm-hmm. on the 17th yep. and the team sectional there would be uh, at menominee menominee yep so so but uh i look for marshfield to be in there and okay. and uh and they will i think they can go with anybody over there 
as far as facing him. So, so okay, we'll see. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. So then D three, uh, yeah. we have one whale of a regional yeah. at Auburndale. <laughs> <laughs> we talked last week about Stratford Marathon and Auburndale. You know, being the top three teams in the Merwood for the wrestling, actually marathon winning. All those teams are at Auburndale, along with Cadott and <laughs> Boyceville from the Dun- wow. one of the best teams in the in the Dun St. Croix. So. One of the better D three regionals you'll run into, and this this will be a dog fight to see who comes out of there. So yeah, even individually. Yeah, I mean, I said you know you look at uh, Stratford Marathon and Auburndale dominated the Merriwood Champion. They had most of them anyway. Right, uh, Schwamigan, I believe had one. Phillips maybe had two, but the you know all, the, all these teams have good point scores. As does Cadott too. You know, right. you know right. of course Cadott will not have Izzy wrestling though. Okay, yeah. Izzy, the... Izzy is going to the girls' tournament sure, now, so sure. so they will be minus a 106 pounder. So that that could hurt them a little bit. She brings a lot of points there, but uh, Boysville very, very traditional and a lot of good athletes up there too. So the team sectional there uh, will be at Cadott mm-hmm. uh, next Tuesday, mm-hmm. and the individual sectional will be at Edgar. Okay, on the 17th. Yep. Again, the top four from each of the weight divisions go on to the individual sectionals, and the top two teams. Mm-hmm. In uh, Division uh, 2 and 3, go on to the team sectionals and the top team yep. from the sectionals in yeah, Division and, 1. And, and, yeah, and then the, uh, the first weekend in March is at the Fieldhouse in Madison, and you'll have eight teams in Division 1, four in Division 2, and four in Division 3. So, okay, for the team so, championship. Yep. So wrestling, uh, the tournament mm-hmm. getting underway this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's underway. Yeah, they're the first ones. They're the first ones. <laughs> then, we get to, uh, then we get to hockey, yep. which we'll talk about here in just a little <laughs> yeah. bit. But uh, first, uh, girls and boys basketball, as they are wrapping up their conference seasons here, uh, the girls will be uh, tomorrow night. As uh, I kind of re-tabulated the uh, girls' conference uh, winning streak, Mm -hmm. and I went back, and uh, they won the last 13 back in 2019-2020. As my memory serves, Gilman was the last team to beat them in in, in 2019. 2019. Yep. December 5th, 2019, they lost by one up in Gilman. And that was the last loss. So they won the last 13 mm-hmm. that year, and then they won 14, mm-hmm. 16, and 14. Okay. And it adds up to 57 in a row mm-hmm. coming into this, this year. year. So they've won 70 now. Which is a milestone. Yes. So they've won <laughs> 70 in a row going into uh, tomorrow night's yeah. game. And that, that is tremendous. So it yeah. just they just hats off that consistently that program comes out every year. And, and you know, they're, you know, they're going to get everybody's best shot when they play them. You know, and um, it's just – and they went into Kobe Tuesday night and took care of business. Yep. Like you say. You know, they so. also clinched, uh, I believe, last week their fifth conference championship yep. in a row, yep. Eastern Colorado yep. Conference I Championship. I believe Kobe was the last team other than Nilsville to win a conference championship. Yes. Am I right? Yep, yep. yep. Kobe was the last yeah. one. Yep. All right, uh, and then uh, we had the big game over at, well, first Greenwood yeah. clinched the second, second place. place. Yes, how about that? Yeah. The Indians will be playing in a crossover for the first time in my memory, I, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, it's been, yeah, I'm sure they did back in the day, but uh, it's it's been a it's been a long, yeah. long dry spell for the Indians. And I, I say this a lot, but hats off to Coach Wietrich and his girls. They have really done a nice job this yeah. year. They went into Marshall Columbus, which is not an easy place to play, and pulled off a win. And that was a very much a back and forth game. Yes, it was. You know, so. yeah, Greenwood fell behind several yeah, times in yeah. that game. So. And uh, they finish. Uh, they're actually done with the conference season. They are ten and four. Yeah. So they have second place. Yeah. And uh, Loyal's also done in the conference. Mm-hmm. They finish at 8-6. and six. And, okay. again, the crossover games 
for the Chlorbell for the girls are next Thursday, yeah, third through eighth, and then the first and second are Saturday in Osseo. Yep, the seventeenth. That'll be Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, the okay. second place game starts at six, and, and we have no idea what's happening in the West after Tuesday night. So. No, because uh, <laughs> Fall Creek beat McDonald Central, so now Fall Creek is twelve and one, yeah, yeah. and McDonald Central is eleven and one. McDonald yeah. is playing Regis tonight, and, and Regis is nine and three, and Regis is the third place team. So it's nothing is no guaranteed in stone. So so they have to play McDonald plays at Regis yeah. tonight, and then they play at Thorpe tomorrow night. Okay. And uh, Fall Creek will be at Kadat okay. tomorrow night. But uh, that's uh, hats off to Fall Creek for taking care. You know, that's one that pretty much thought McDonald probably maybe get and it'd be done. But uh, hats off to them for getting that win. That is big. So, so those two teams will be in the first yes, and second place. We just don't know who. Which <laughs> one? Which one will be at what and, game? And if they finish in a tie, I think it's some kind of points thing, isn't that the case? Yeah, uh, because they I remember they that, beat each other. Yeah. That year when uh, Nilzo and Spencer were tied for first in boys, it came down to like halves led or yeah. quarters led yeah. or something, yeah. like, something that. like that. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really something off the wall, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do something. Thought it'd been easier to flip a coin. I guess you gotta do something. <laughs> Again, Nilzo will wrap up the conference season tomorrow night when they host Spencer at the Fieldhouse, and we'll have that game for you at 92.7 WPK. And then Monday night they are going down to Bangor, yep. and that is a kind of a neat late non-conference game there because. Banger, a very good D4 team also, will be in the same sectional as Warriors. And Warriors can find out a lot about themselves there. So. Yeah, because Bangor, the last look I had, yeah. had only had three losses. Right. Just and like Nilsville. And Nilsville, uh, we, it, it, it happened, Larry. They moved off 10th in the rankings. They yes. Have, they've moved up to 9th. Yes. <laughs> yes, the latest. They have uh, been 10th for a long, long time here. Yeah, the West Sports <laughs> rankings have the Warriors at number 9 uh, this week. Uh, Kiwani actually moved I see that. down yeah. a couple of spots. Yeah. And uh, Laconia still number one yeah. in Division Four. Yep. McDonald Central number two, but I I noticed Fall Creek nowhere nowhere to, to be, be found. found, and I find that interesting. Yeah. But you watch next week; they'll be back in there with this win over McDonald. I would think they would. I be. think they will make yeah. an appearance. So. I would think they would. And you know, it's kind of you kind of wish, you know, you like a lot of other rankings where they would list a few teams that receive votes or whatever, you know, honorable mention, whatever, right. and then maybe you could see the next five teams or whatever it was coming. But well, I, I would have to imagine they Fall Creek is right there knocking right on, the, on the door. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Assumption, uh, still number one in Division Five, uh, unbeaten. Yeah. They've had a few tests here lately, yeah, though. They've been close, and I, I don't think they ever made up that game with Aquinas either, I don't believe. No, so, I don't think they, they got to cancel the second time they tried to play <laughs> right, it, too. Yep, so. so it's... That would have been an interesting matchup, and and they would have probably win or lose. It probably been a good game for them to play anyway. Sure. So sure, Aquinas ranked number seven in Division yeah. Three mm-hmm. uh, this week in the latest uh, WISports.net coaches poll. All right, for the boys, uh, the Nielsville boys, they've got one coming up tonight, yeah. and they better bring their game. game. Not the game they had uh, <laughs> Tuesday night. You know, I said they have played so many good games in a row since Christmas, Larry. Uh, sooner or later, I guess they they were due to have a dog and. The dog got out of the pen the other night because uh, the Warriors just just seemed flat-footed and just every every bounce went against them and and uh, couldn't get shots and, to go. Well, in. Boy, I tell you, I never seen so many shots that fell short in a long time. And when they fall short like that, they, you get the crazy rebounds. And and uh, I'll tell you what, Arcadia is uh, probably a better team than the record. They play they're nine and nine. They play they're a Division three team and they play in a tough conference, but. Uh, uh, this Mr. Draskowski is about as good an athlete as the Warriors have seen this year, and I put him right up there with Grant Warren. 
Yeah, I, I think as far as opponents at the Warriors, he is just a great I athlete. Mean, he's inside, not as tall as Warren, but no, he can shoot. Shoot, man, inside, outside, yeah. and 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 we've seen his athleticism on that dunk. That was that was a tremendous, nice looking dunk there. So, but uh, you know, are you know Arcadia is well coached. The Sonnen Tags have been around basketball forever, and mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, you know, it's just the Warriors. Just a bad night all around. Yeah, sixty-eight forty-nine. They lost to Arcadia. Yeah, yeah. So now uh, they come into Owen Withy tonight at nine and two in the conference, mm-hmm. and Owen Withy at seven and four. Yeah, and you know Owen Withy's going to be looking for them because they the Warriors beat them down here. And and Coach Russ Weiler always has his kids ready to play, but even more so in that Owen Withy gym. So yeah, and it will be physical. Oh yeah, no oh, hands or yes, what's about yes, it. It so, will be so. And then uh, Nielsville turns around and they're at Colby next yeah. week, Tuesday. And Colby's the third place team, and and Colby's gonna after that loss down here, where on Bryce Erickson's three pointer at the buzzer, you gotta be they gotta be looking for a little revenge also. So, but Nielsville is Nielsville normally has played very well up at Colby. You know, and the only thing with uh, Col- with Colby is, is they have to play Columbus Catholic right, tonight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So. And who knows what ha- might yeah. happen there? Yep. You know, Columbus has not played great as of late. You right. Know, Loyal gave him a pretty good test the other night, and uh, Chippewa Falls McDonald gave him a great test Tuesday night. So you know, it's and Chippewa Falls McDonald is not. They lost a lot of seniors off last year's state qualifier team, so they gave uh, Columbus all they wanted the other night. So. Yeah. So that. Uh, there could be some change uh, yeah. in the standings so, after tonight. We'll see what happens. You know, if everything, you know, but then, you know, if uh, Nilsa would beat Owen Withy and Columbus beats Colby, then uh, Tuesday night's game really doesn't mean much, except, you know, pride, I right. guess. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. That's why they play the games. That's, That's right. That's why they play the games. And, uh, and, and I, just, I, wanna, I wanna see how Colby comes out after that game down here, you know, because mm-hmm. they played very well down here. Yeah. You know, you, know, you hate to say, you hate, it was a game where you wish nobody would lose. So, and, yeah. But uh, Columbus know. Catholic mm-hmm. still on top in the Eastern Clover Belt and uh, Nielsville at Owen Withy tonight. Right. Yeah. You can hear it on 92 7. WPKG. Should be a good one. Should Starting at seven fifteen tonight. All right, boys and girls hockey. Uh, the boys, uh, Black River Falls Co-op, got a win over Viroqua yep. on Tuesday, three Puts to one. Up to thirteen and nine, and uh, um, they host Toma tomorrow night. Now, is this considered the Cranberry Classic? The Cranberry Cup? Uh, it could be. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. Okay. I, did they play them earlier this season? I don't know. I don't I have no I idea look on their schedule. This might be the Cranberry Cup. Okay. I know they had a tournament at Toma earlier yeah, right, in the year. But, okay. Anyway, Wyatt Hanna from Nielsville, Larry, last week against Aquinas had a two-goal two goal game. Wyatt so far in the year now has five goals and eight assists. So there he's having go. an excellent year. Zachary Magnus, four goals and two assists. And Ryan Magnuson, four assists. So the local boys really helping. Um, and uh, the boys' hockey team opens their WIA tournament um, a week from tonight. And they will be hosting Baldwin Woodville, St. Croix Central at the Milt All right. in a four-five matchup. Okay. So, so yeah. So that uh, game tomorrow against Toma yeah. is their final game of the regular yeah. season before the uh, for yeah. the tournament. And the yeah. girls also have their final game. It's on Saturday against Brookfield Central. Yeah, and what wow. interesting matchup there. <laughs> so, and but, then they uh, have their tournament. Yes, next week. Yeah, but uh, last Saturday versus Badger Lightning, Sydney Magnuson had a shutout, Larry. Okay. And she now her save percentage is now ninety three point one percent on wow. the year. So, having a great year. The girls' record stands at thirteen and ten, and they open tournament play also a week from tomorrow night, and they are at Hudson for the opener. So, all right. So all right. So there you go. The tournament's getting underway for uh, boys. 
uh, wrestling and also uh, boys and girls hockey yep. starting next week. And basketball, I would think the girls' seating should be coming out early next week, wouldn't they? Uh, either that or later, later in the week. week. Okay. Maybe. You know, but I'm not sure if they're going to have the seating meetings on like a Wednesday of next week, yeah, maybe. I don't know, so. Should be interesting. Yeah, I thought they always came out kind of before the playoffs. Though. Yeah, right. Yeah, right about. It always seemed to me like it was a Sunday, a Sunday before the cross, a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday yeah, before the cross. Because they're going to have the, uh, well, the first games are going to be that uh, following Tuesday, Tuesday the after 20th. the crossover. Yes. Yeah. So, so you would think so. So. All right, uh, some football news. Uh, Jeff Gadel stepping down as head coach at Kadat. Yeah, Jeff been up there six, seven years. Yeah. Um, and his his private he does not teach, and no. and uh, he. Uh, and I think his his full time job trumps his uh, uh, t- uh, coaching job, and but it sounds like he'd like to stay on as an assistant. So yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be as quite as much time right, consumption right. And there. Hopefully they can find somebody because uh, he's taken Kadat, I believe, last three or four years they've been in the playoffs. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's yeah, done a good job with that bet. team. Bet, so. After a team that kind of was uh, they well they went on a JV schedule right. one year. Yeah, he actually was in a co op with Cornell, right? And they re- played a JV schedule. And they took and uh, kind of like, kind of what Auburndale did one year too. Auburndale went to eight yes, man for a yes, year, yep. and and now both these teams have really nice turnouts. <laughs> yes. So you know, it, it it sometimes it seems like a drastic move, and and you know, well we're going to eight man. Well, you don't have to stay in eight man. You can come back to eleven man. Right, so right. and and Auburndale has proven that with what they've had the last few years. So. And have proven to be very successful, successful. coming yeah. back. Yeah, Jay Anderson really kind of the architect of that whole thing, and it's yeah. worked out big time for him. So, so. All right, speaking of uh, teams that have done well, uh, the Thorpe football program uh, did well last year, of yeah. course, making it to the state championship. Yeah, yeah a game we got to see. Yes. My, our first eight-man game. Yes, <laughs> our first eight-man and a championship. It, and it was exciting, too. Yes. It was very exciting. Very exciting. Yep. And uh, a couple of guys that made it exciting yeah. are moving on to the next mm-hmm. level. And they had a signing day yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon up at Thorpe. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was uh, Denzel Sutton, and we saw a lot of him uh, mm-hmm. at the quarterback position. Played yeah. very well yeah. defensively as well. Great defensive back. He's moving on to uh, play at uh, Division II Minnesota State University mm-hmm. Moorhead. Yep. And uh, Gene Delisio was up there for that signing yesterday, and he talked with Denzel. Denzel Sutton joining us from Thorpe High School, who'll be playing college football next season at Minnesota State Moorhead. Denzel, congratulations on this decision. Tell us about your choice of Moorhead and what went into that for you. Thank you, first of all. And second of all, what led to my choice of Moorhead is the culture there. Their culture is, it means everything to me. And you get there and you feel automatically more than just a player with a jersey on. You feel like you feel like you're a part of a family, a true family, and they mean the best for you at all times. Same with the players. What was the recruiting process like for you? Um, it was it was not short at all. It wasn't br- anything brief. They really took their time and made sure you, it was more player-based than how the coaches were feeling. They made sure you felt like you were in the right place and you were confident with your decisions and what you wanted to do. What about some things you need to do between now and next college football season to prepare yourself for college football? Really just hone in on my craft and just do what I've been doing, putting in the work and learning, constantly learning about stuff I can do better as a player. Now, you uh, have played several different positions here at Thorpe. Where do they project you to be at uh, Moorhead? They project me to be in the slot at receiver. 
tell us about playing for Coach uh, Stokes and the store program. What's that done for you in preparing for college football? The atmosphere under here, or the atmosphere here under Coach Stokes is it's kind of like a college program because he has a lot of experience, semi-pro, college ball, all of that, and he's coached at the college level. So he makes sure everything is in check. We're a very disciplined team, and our practices are really high intensity, and it really prepares you. All right. How about your studies at Moorhead? Uh, I hope to I hope to major in biology, and then hope to go to med school to become a surgeon. All right, so good luck to uh, him and Logan Hansen as well. Maybe yeah. we'll hear from him a yeah, little bit later. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see where Logan is uh, going Dort to. Dort University in Sioux Center, Iowa. Okay. It's an NIA, NAIA Division II yeah. school. I know a kid who went wrestling there from, okay. from, over, from Bayport. I did not hear yeah. that of that school. Yeah, I, I heard, that's the only time I've ever heard of it, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, because, you know, in Wisconsin, um, we don't have a lot of NAIAs, but no. we have St. Norbert and a few of them, but... The W, uh, WIAC, I should say. I, I always always say the WC. Yeah. That that when they went to NCAA three, that really cleaned yeah. out the NAIA in this state. So yeah, uh, and uh, Hanson, by the way, is the all-time leading rusher in Thorpe yeah. history. He's great. He's a good one too. Yes, he's he is. A, and I'll tell you what, both those guys, Sutton and Hanson, are excellent uh, defensive players also. So yeah, and it was fun to watch them guys play eight-man yeah. football. Yeah, that was that was something special. Both teams, yeah. you know, that team uh, from up north too was very good too. So. Yeah, and speaking of uh, guys that were good in football in uh, numerous sports, was uh, Nielsville uh, alum Dean Bryan. Yep. was named to the uh, yeah. University of Wisconsin Stevens Point Athletics Department Hall of Fame. Yeah, Dean. Uh, of course, Dean in high school was an uh, outstanding football player, basketball player, um, all conference in both, and then um, um, outstanding. Still holds uh, Nielsville High School track records. Yeah, three of them. Three of them. You know, which is amazing. Eighty nine. And you look at some of the kids that have come out right. since 1989, Larry, and that he still holds that. But, uh, you know, Dean then went on to the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, where he played football and ran track. Um, people forget how good football, but he caught almost 100 passes in his career at Stevens Point mm-hmm. and then uh, set numerous track records for the pointers that still stand today also. He so, still holds the outdoor and indoor record yeah. for 400-meter yeah. dash. And I believe I believe he had like six All-American honors mm-hmm. in his career. So yeah. yeah, his indoor, the WIAC indoor record, he had that 1991, mm-hmm. 48.23 seconds. <laughs> That's nuts. I ran the 400 as a senior in high yeah. school, okay. and 48.23 is like a yeah. dead sprint. Yeah, because... Um, isn't 52, 53 kind of the norm for, for yeah, guy, high yeah, school? You right, know? So, yeah. you know, and that's kind of the numbers you see at the, the state, state meet, level. Yeah. yeah, but 48, wow. that is like a, yeah. wow. I could see Dean Bryant sprinting. Oh, yeah. You know, because yep. that's a, And then, yeah, of course, then Dean came back to Nielsen after yeah. graduation, was a girls' basketball coach here for several years, and then ended up in Marshfield where he was on Danny Gatel's both Len Lukey and uh, Denny Gale's staff. He was Denny Gale's offensive coordinator for a long time. And he also uh, was part of uh, Heidi Michaels' mm-hmm. girls' basketball staff. And he was a big driving factor. They call it the uh, Tiger, uh, I believe the Tiger Tots. And that, that's their youth basketball. Oh, okay. And Dean was a real big part of that. So, okay. So, All right. So. Yeah, so congratulations to uh, Dean making yeah. the uh, – UWSP uh, Hall of Fame class, yeah. by the way, that will mm-hmm. be in October mm-hmm. is when that uh, induction yeah. ceremony yeah. will be. Congratulations, Ian. Well deserved. You so, bet. So. And uh, that takes us to where are they now? And uh, we've got Gene Delisio back with us to uh, talk with Oliver Drake. Yeah. Now, we, we mentioned him a, a little while yeah. ago. Yeah, well, a couple years ago, 
Oliver was still in college coaching. I believe he won his 200th career game, mm-hmm. and we talked about him that day. And, of course, Oliver graduated from here in Nilsville in 1995, I believe, and uh, outstanding football player, basketball player, and, and ran track, similar to Dean Bryant. Yeah. You know, so, but uh, um, I don't remember if he played. I think he played some college ball at Eau Claire, but then got into the coaching ranks, and he was in – I forget if he was in Nebraska first and Iowa second or vice versa, but uh, he then uh, – his wife is originally from Wisconsin too, and they had a desire to move back to Wisconsin, and he got in at DC Everest, and he's, now he's in his second year up there. So, and so. Gene had a chance to talk with Oliver, and here's how that conversation went with him. Stay with us now as we visit with DC Everest basketball coach Oliver Drake. A lot of fans in Central Wisconsin know Coach Drake from his many years as a standout at Nielsville High School, then in the college ranks as well. First of all, Coach, thanks for joining us. And if you would tell us about the journey that brought you from the college ranks back here to Central Wisconsin to DC Everest a year ago. Yeah, well, like you said, I'm originally from Nielsville. I was born in Marshfield, and so uh, I spent 19 years at the college level, 12 of them as a head college coach, and. Uh, had a great experience um, in Iowa and Nebraska, um, and, and uh, it was just you get to a point in your life where other things are more important than just your profession. And I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old and, and, and a wife who's from Wisconsin as well. So uh, we we made a decision as a family that we were going to move back to Wisconsin just to be closer to family and friends. And and um, so. Uh, that's what's brought us here. We're, we're excited to be back here and, and uh, really cherish those 19 years at the college level. Learned a lot. Uh, got to experience a lot of different things. And, um, you know, hopefully I, I can you know, bring some of those to D.C. Everest. As you mentioned, long, a long time as a college head coach. What's it been like for you going back to the high school ranks now? Yeah, it's different. You know, it's, it's certainly different. But coaching's coaching. And really good coaches like Coach Fisher at Marshfield are, would be really good coaches anywhere. You know, and, and so coaching is coaching. It's building relationships. It's establishing non-negotiables with your team. It's about playing the game the right way, about holding people accountable, and, and really about taking advantage of your opportunities in life and really being thankful for those opportunities because what we get to do every day is an absolute blessing. And, uh, you know, just building a culture and a team the right way. And so, uh, you know, I, I really believe good coaches see no level, good basketball sees no level. And so I've been fortunate to coach against a lot of other good programs and good teams, and, and it's no different in the Wisconsin Valley. There's a lot of really good teams and, and coaches, and, and uh, so it's been a lot of fun. Well, you had good success on the college level. Could you kind of summarize your years at Ashford and Midland and how that went for you? Yeah, at Ashford, we, uh, we had the five best seasons in school history. We won 20 games every single year we were there. We uh, made the national tournament three times, including a Sweet 16. Uh, we then uh, got, got the job at Midland and uh, made the national tournament uh, one of our years there for only the sixth time in school history. Um, so we, we had a, a lot of success. And here's the deal. With success means you had really good players. And we had really good players that would buy into what we were teaching them. Uh, they would work really, really hard for us. They understood you got to sacrifice yourself to be a part of something bigger than you. And, and uh, it was an awesome journey, a lot of fun in those 12 years as a college coach. And you know, not only that, but I got an opportunity to be with Team USA and the U18 team and got to coach alongside Bill Self was the head coach of that team. And so got got to coach some guys that are in the NBA now and do some different things like that too. So a ton of awesome experiences at the college level. And, um, and you know, again, basketball is basketball. And, and that's the biggest thing that I can take away from all this is uh, it doesn't matter if you're coaching eighth grade or you're, or you're Bill Self and the coach of Kansas, the game comes down to the same things. You were at a very good program in Midland. 
and we all know about their reputation. But before that, at Ashford, that kind of intrigues me because very tiny school. I'm sure you had to wear a lot of hats, and that had to be a great learning experience. Tell us about coaching at Ashford for several years. Yeah, it was an awesome place. It's in Clinton, Iowa, right on the Mississippi River. And uh, yeah, you know, you you teach. Obviously, you're recruiting all the time. You're you're a mentor to your to your guys. And Ashford was a really unique place. You know, we were able to recruit Illinois a lot because we were only two hours from the west suburbs of Chicago. We were able to recruit Southwest Wisconsin a little bit. We obviously were in Iowa, so we recruited Iowa. Um, and we were just really able to assemble uh, really hungry players, kind of guys that were under the radar. Maybe were an inch or two too short to be, you know, a Division One player. And uh, we were able to get some really, really high-level players there. Uh, we really, you know, I think we were top five in the country in team defense every year we were there. Uh, and we were re- really able to build a culture of, of just defense and rebounding and valuing the basketball. Uh, but it was a really unique place. It was a, a small, really tight-knit campus that's full of phenomenal people. And I think that's the common denominator with every place that has success. It's the people. It's not the facilities. It's not, you know, the town they're in. It's truly the people that make the difference. I did ask you, Coach, we talked on the phone some years ago about your experience growing up in Nielsville, yeah. playing for Nielsville, playing for Dean Zaleski. Tell us again about how that developed you. Well, Coach Zaleski was a phenomenal defensive coach, a phenomenal uh, fundamental coach. Uh, hit, I learned so much from Coach Lesky. He's got a huge uh, you know, handprint in my coaching philosophy from valuing the basketball to rebounding uh, to de- defensively to taking good shots. He just really gave me a foundational piece to play the game the right way, in my opinion, the right way. And that's controlling the controllables. That's being really tough. Um, and that's most importantly about taking advantage of your opportunities in life and, and really being thankful for them. And so uh, you know, I saw Coach Zaleski came to our Eau Claire North game last year, and uh, he's still got a huge impact on me. And I think that's just another reminder of the power of a coach and the power of people who pour into you. And so really, really thankful for him and for all my coaches in Nilesville and my time growing up in a small town in central Wisconsin. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was awesome. All right, that's Nilesville alumni uh, mm-hmm. Oliver Drake, and uh, he finishes up there, you know, talking yeah. about his days with Nilesville yeah. and uh, Coach Dean Zaleski, Zaleski back in the day. Yeah, he learned something about coaching there. Yeah, especially defense. <laughs> yes, and discipline. Discipline. Yeah. A lot of passing in the yeah. Zaleski offense. Yeah, you, uh, people forget about Dean Zaleski, but he was an outstanding coach here. Yeah. Those probably were some of the best defensive teams Nilesville ever had when oh, yeah. Dean was here, and yeah, I've known Dean. Quite a bit, my almost whole life, and just an outstanding individual. Yeah, too, you talk so. about uh, a yeah. guy that was uh, one of the fundamentals. Yeah, that he was the guy. Yeah, he's up in Eau Claire these days. Yeah. He sells insurance for his brother. Mm-hmm. So, so, all right, uh, moving on to uh, let's see, what do we got here? Uh, college basketball, the Badgers uh, moved down a couple of notches in the. Uh, you know, I thought they'd drop a little more, but they only I dropped, did too. They, they're out five or six slots down to like eleven, but uh, they did play a res- very respectable game against uh, Purdue. Yeah. But uh, you know, Zach Eide just yeah. he's way he's way more than they got to control. I know, thought so. the loss though to uh, was it Nebraska? Yeah, I yeah. thought that might knock them down. Yeah, because they had a sixteen point lead at halftime and yeah. just let that one slip, and so but. Uh, uh, they are at Rutgers Saturday, and then they host Ohio State Tuesday. So, you know, so it's hopefully they can bounce back. Um, Marquette is back up to number seven in the rankings. Larry, they had fell down in the teens yeah, for a little bit, right. but uh, they are hosting St. John's Saturday, and then they go to a, a place where they have really had trouble. They've at Butler, 
they have really, yeah. really had trouble at Butler Fieldhouse. So, yeah, so, yeah. Well, so. it's a tough. It's one of those places. It's tough to play. But, but it's both these teams trying to, you know, getting their uh, NCAA hopes yeah. ready, and every win helps for seeding. That's, so helps the seeding. That's right. So. Uh, going to college football, yeah. I just read yesterday that Nick Saban is going to uh, ESPN. Okay, he's going to be. Uh, Serve as an analyst on College Game Day. Okay, and he's also going to lend his expertise across uh, many of their platforms on a variety of events, including the NFL Draft and SEC Media Days. I, I wonder if he'll replace somebody on College Game Day. <laughs> you know, hard to say. You know. Yeah, so. I don't know. It, <laughs> maybe the guy in the middle there. Yeah, I forget his name. The old boy, <laughs> Lee Corso. <laughs> oh yeah. Or uh, I was thinking maybe Pat McAfee. That, that, yeah, that's, that would hurt. Know. That'd be a little more yeah, credibility. Lee, Lee Corso is getting up there. Yeah. But people, I mean, he's part of the reason people watch that, too, because of his outrageous predictions. But uh, not so fast there, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. But he's going to be joining the uh, college game day ranks. Uh, let's see here. We got, uh, oh, yeah, the Super Bowl is coming up. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Or you want something else before we get into well, that? I, I well, I will talk Packers after that. I okay. Guess. All right. All but, right. yeah, Super Bowl uh, Sunday, and I don't know, there's about a zillion things you can bet on. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to talk about that. Uh, betting is becoming a bigger part of the Super Bowl, and of course, it's in Vegas this year, yeah. so that really makes that it, red triples it. Yes, sixty-seven point eight million adults could combine to bet twenty-three point one billion dollars. Mm -hmm. A survey said uh, Caesar's Sportsbook reported last week taking a one million dollar bet on the 49ers to win the game straight, straight up. up. Wow! Yeah, that's uh, and right now I think they're still a two-point favorite. Two-point favorite. Um, you know, we'll see. But uh, the most popular prop bet is the player to score the game's first touchdown. Yeah, that usually is. It's yeah. generally the first one. And then the weirdest prop uh, bet: it's uh, either the coin toss or the color of the Gatorade dumped on the winning coach. Okay. And Caesar Sportsbook reported last week taking a one hundred thousand dollar wager on the Super Bowl coin flip to land tails. Okay, that uh, that's re ridiculous. they got money to throw around yeah, there, a, I guess. So. And another one I heard is how long it'll take Reba McIntyre to sing the national anthem. <laughs> Can she do it in eighty-three seconds yeah. or less? That must be the. That if, must be the. Uh, if she's flying, we know she's got money on this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or she's nervous. Nervous, yeah. <laughs> if she goes fast. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, what people are going to, where they're going to uh, see it, or what they're going to eat or drink, mm. ESPN worked with a market researcher, Smith Geiger Group, to poll fans. 2,049 Americans responded to the survey. Of those responded, 74% said they plan to watch at least part of the game. They plan to watch it 51% at home alone or with immediate family. 43% said the, they are most excited about the game itself, while 22% said the commercials and 19% said the halftime show. And about the uh, go-to main course, chicken wings. Chicken wings, yeah. 32%, 25% yeah. said pizza. So. And soda. Was the uh, favorite uh, beverage over beer? It is a not by much. But it is a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get up the next day yeah, unless yeah. you call in sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would think the Monday after the Super Bowl is probably one of the highly missed absentee days in in work workplaces. I would. <laughs> but, I would uh, yes, I but would. Uh, it should be a great game, Larry. You I know, would think I, it would be. You know, I I, I like this matchup. Um, it's two teams you would have thought at the beginning of the season would be right there. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, to me, the Chiefs are playing the best ball yeah. of the two right now. Right. I, I yeah. going into Buffalo and going into Baltimore, getting wins is to me was tremendous. Uh, whereas uh, 
Um, the 49ers had to rally to beat both the Packers and, and the Lions. So, but uh, um, yeah, two weeks off means something, too. You know, sometimes those teams lose their edge in that two weeks, too. So. And it's interesting, you know, you just mentioned how the Chiefs got in and yeah. how the 49ers, but the 49ers are still favored by favored, two. Yeah, I don't know. So. I don't know if that's good or bad to be favored. I, I, <laughs> you know, I said two points is nothing. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's a gimme. That's yeah, kind of a yeah, toss-up. I don't know what that, where they come up with two points, you know, because – Chances are there's not going to be a safety in the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Chances are not, no. Uh, 5.30, by the way, is kickoff yep. on uh, CBS, Nickelodeon, and yeah. Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, I would imagine pregame shows probably start somewhere around noon, I guess. Well, they've already started. They yeah, that's true. <laughs> on the NFL Network. I'm yeah, sure. they've been on it all the ESPN, time. ESPN, yeah. Yes. The, so. What about the Packers? What do you got? Um, Jeff Hatley, uh, former Boston College head coach, is now the new defensive coordinator. And some he, have liked it, some don't. I yeah, know. He has a lot of pro experience with Tampa Bay, Cleveland, and San Francisco, all as defensive backs coach. So it kind of brings a little different, more perspective. Okay. Um, and uh, we'll see. He brought in some of his own staff. So, oh, okay. So kind of bring in some new faces and kind of changing the culture a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. So. He's more of a uh, go get him. Yeah, exactly. Pressure. Well, yeah, man to man. Yeah, Barry is more of a you know uh, laid back and. I understand zone. four three now. Yeah, instead I of a so. three four. Which is you know they do have the people to go to a four three because you have Dante White, you have Kenny Clark, they can play that middle. Uh, they have Slayton, Wooden, you know, and they have you know they do have the people to do it. So mm-hmm. we'll see what that means for a guy. You know, Rashawn Gary is he going to be a stand up linebacker? That's a pretty yeah. interesting question there because he's definitely not a down lineman. Right. You know, right. No, yeah. not big enough, really. Yeah, for that. not really. You know, so Preston Smith, probably not either. You know, so, yeah. you know, it could be a little different. So, so we'll see. But uh, uh, Joe Barry did resurface. I see that. Yeah. Miami is the linebackers coach. So, so good for him, I guess. A little so. farther down than the yeah. defensive coordinator. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll work out better for him. I, I hope it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, but. Another thing, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to play in Brazil. I see that. First game, and that's on a Friday night, too. A Friday night. Yeah. A Labor Day weekend. Yeah. They haven't had a Friday night game since, I believe, was it 1970 or something? 1970. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's one night of the week, you know, because back during the pandemic years, we've seen games on Tuesday and and, maybe even a Wednesday. But uh, Friday night, you know, that's kind of always been – Reserved for the high school games, you right? Know, and the small colleges and the pros have stayed away. Well, from even it. the college have gone to Friday yeah. night games oh, yeah. here yeah. lately. Yeah. Well, but, you look at ESPN. Once baseball gets done, ESPN has football every night of the week. Just yeah. about right. Tuesday, yes. you know, yeah. they get they put all these mid majors yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they, those schools love it because they're getting the TV money. Yeah. So, yeah. So. But one thing with the Philadelphia Eagles, that's a home game for them. Yeah, okay. Guess who's supposed to play the Eagles on the road? Uh, the Packers. Packers, okay. <laughs> All right. So there's speculation. <laughs> they don't know the opponent yet. Okay. But there's speculation that maybe it'll be the Packers. Okay. Well, that would be interesting. Taking on uh, yeah. the Eagles in Brazil. Okay. So, and last year was, the, no, two years ago was the first year they ever went abroad, and now this will be another one. So. I know Mad Dog Russo on ESPN was not happy with the fact that they're going to Brazil and all these. <laughs> he goes, people in Philadelphia. Don't want to go 7,000 miles to play football. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny when he did that. All right, uh, let's see. What else we got going on? Uh, Bucks? Brewers. Brewers, go ahead. Trade Corbin Burns to Baltimore. What do you think of the trade? 
I don't know. I, to me, Larry. They said he's going to be a free agent yeah. after this year. Yeah. So they wanted to get something for him. Yeah. I think those, you know, you, you just signed Reese Hoskins. You've been, built, you know, saying all year you weren't going to trade him or Adamas. I think this sends a bad message to your fans. But yeah. maybe they felt this is where they could get the best. They think they've got two guys that are going to come in and play for them this year in the majors. So, yeah. So we'll see. You know, but they were going to lose them one way or the other right. at yeah. the end of the season. And quite honestly, since the Josh Hader trade, there really has not been good feelings between the management and Corbin Burns, you know, because yeah, first day he, he was, was very vocal about the Hader trade. Yeah. And then last year they could not, they went to arbitration over just a little bit of money. You know, not to you and me, not a lot of little money, but for them it was like a half a million dollars, yeah, right. which was stupid, you know. And he pitched, he pitched well, but you yeah. could see in his mannerisms that yeah. he wasn't the same no he actually larry has not been the same since he won the cy young that year no he, he hasn't really no he, he's walked more he's been hit harder uh i i've seen teams where they just sat on that cutter and just yeah kicked him right kicked him bad you yeah. know so yeah but uh you know once the strength of the team the brewers now with losing him and then you you've lost brandon woodruff freddie peralta is your best starter back and your next two are going to be Colin Ray and Wade Miley right now. So yeah. you're going to need guys like probably Aaron Ashby to step up, people like that. Well, maybe you know? this guy they got. Yeah. This, I know they, they talked about they maybe f- going. They figure Hall will be in the rotation. He's a left-hander, so yeah. and he has started in the past. Lately he's been a reliever, but I think yeah. they're talking about putting him in the starting rotation. So. Okay. So, and Ortiz is their future shortstop, they believe. So Okay. And that, right away that has started speculation yeah. about Adamas trades. So, sure. So yeah. we will see. Yeah. But uh, somebody's got to play third this year, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brewers, by the way, uh, pitchers and catchers report yep. next uh, Thursday. Yep, yep. So. And then the uh, position and everybody else comes the following week. Yep. So. Bucks uh, not off to a good start with a no, new coach. No, you know, they all out on the road and, and – uh, you had one win in Dallas, but boy, I'll tell you what, they just slow. They're not allowing a lot of points, but they're letting so many leads get late, get away. And they're from not them, scoring so. like they used no, to. No, they weren't. So, but uh, that win over Dallas made Doc Rivers the Eastern Conference coach All Star the All Star game. He said he was going to give his All Star share to Adrian Griffin, though, yep. So, yep. so which is very decent of him. Yeah, so. and the reason, if you if you're not yeah. familiar with why it happened, yeah. uh, the Bucks finished with the best record in the East at the at the time, yeah, because Boston won it last or made their their coaching staff went last year. Yep. So yep. this year it's the Bucks. Yeah, it came down to the Bucks and the New York Knicks. Yeah. So and so the Bucks finished higher. Yeah. So that's why their yep. coaching staff is going to be coaching in the All Star. So hopefully they can get things turned around. You know they've got the personnel to do it, but yeah, like you said, all of a sudden they're not scoring. You know I think what was the score the other night again? Phoenix one fourteen to one hundred six. Six. Yeah. And that's been kind of the norm about yeah. 100, right around 110 points. And I know when uh, when they interviewed Coach uh, Rivers, Rivers, he said, "I wish they, I wish they would have waited till after the All Star game." Yeah, because going up, I mean, now yeah. they got Minnesota tonight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they yeah. are getting hammered yeah. every yeah. night with the yeah. best teams. It seems yeah, like. they, and they have the second toughest schedule the rest of the season. I, I forget who was first, but uh, the win, the the combined record of the rest of their opponents for the season is five twenty. So. Mm. So everybody, you know, over 500. So it's it's going to be a war. And, and, yeah, and the well, East, you know, Philadelphia is going to be without Embiid for yeah, a while. So yeah, that, a month that, at least. Yeah, that'll take him. You know, we'll see. But they've had trouble with Cleveland this year. They've had yeah. trouble with Indiana. Not to say Boston, you know. Oh, boy, you know, just 
you need to get her turned around quick. So Yeah, so, yeah. So. Well, we've got a big one tonight over in Owen with yeah, you as yeah. Nielsville takes on the Blackhawks in yeah. boys basketball, 7-15 on 92-7 WPKG. Dick and I will be up there for yep. that one tonight. That'll do it for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you next week.